Hey, it's the Deer Wizard, host of North American Deer Talk. I want to tell you about a great new advertising and research platform that we've developed for you, CWDbreeding.com. You know, as the deer industry continues to mature and develop around chronic wasting disease and its known genetic heritability, resources like CWDbreeding.com become essential tools for deer managers across the country making decisions about their herds. I really wanted a platform that excelled at hosting GBV and codon markers in a filterable and searchable manner, but I also wanted to have high quality pictures, videos, ages, scores, NADAR numbers, and a whole host of other information to go along with that. This database puts everything in one easy to find location and allows you to access the industry's greatest genetic resources. I look forward to seeing all the great bucks that people have to offer in one easy to find location, cwdbreeding.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of North American Deer Talk. I am sitting here with Sean Schaefer, Executive Director of Nadifa. Many of you know him. Just wanted to take this opportunity to chat with Sean. We're here at the uh, Top 30 convention. We found a little kind of hole in the back of the uh, the auction room amongst the, the trade shoe booths that we could talk. And Sean, I wanted to get a, a quick update from you. Um, there's always stuff going on behind the scenes. It's always good to put that out. Um, I would like to start with the TB testing. I know that um, this fall, I saw like an announcement from uh, USDA on some shortage of tests and stuff. What, what's going on with that? Give us an update. You know, the, the sad part about this is like the third or fourth time already that this has happened at the, the company ChemBio out of New York. Uh, great company, smart people, uh, they, you know, have done a lot for our industry, you know, this, this, this dual path platform, the DPP, the blood tests that we have, you know, it was a game changer over the old skin test, right. you know, and uh, having to handle them twice and whatever else. So it's been a great thing, but, you know, and, and I don't know, anything in life, I guess, when there's no competition, maybe they get complacent or yeah. whatever, I don't know. seems like you always have an excuse for it, but um, that lab also has, uh, you know, the, the, like with the COVID test, these lateral flow tests, um, kind of like a home pregnancy test type thing. That's what the test is for this TB test. They put the drop of blood, drop of serum on there, and you watch for the line to shift. And anyhow, um, the regulations don't allow them to make the animal test and the human test at the same time. Uh. Same, you got to basically shut down all other lines. They got to clean up, re-gear, start over in between. So a little bit of a headache, but you know, the fortunate thing is the industry does not use a lot of those tests. I think there's only 20 some thousand animals tested per year, 22 to 26,000 depending on the cycle. Um, Cause we're in a three year cycle on that testing. But anyway, you know, you hate making excuses for them, but they, Apparently didn't, weren't prepared, didn't get shut down in time, didn't get the test made in time, whatever. And um, so when they when they do make a new batch of tests, every batch of tests they make, it has to be sent to the Center for Veterinary Biologics, CVB. And they they revalidate. They make sure that the test is doing what the test right. is supposed to do, which is good for us, but adds time, you know, whatever. And like I said, hate making excuses, but uh, basically they just fell short on their end of the bargain and you know didn't do what they were supposed to be doing and we ran out of kits you know USDA uh, I 
blame them a little too because they should have been ordering them in advance. They should have them on hand. And But same thing too, I don't want to have them all outdated kits. I want to use a new kit when my animals are there, you know. So anyway, so like I said, it's, I think what the end of the day, what probably the reasoning is, is we're just a small piece. They make HIV tests, you know, right. and HIV, I think they make hundreds of thousands of those sure. all over the world. And, you know, we, they make us 30,000, whatever, yeah. you know, and so we're small. And they, they, I think, I don't know how many years worth they can make in advance, but I guess the, the short end of it is they're coming. It should happen. Uh, What's the backup for guys in the industry that couldn't get it done? Do the old stick test? You have the old, the old skin test, you know, run them through twice. So uh, I guess the, the thing to say here is if, you, you know, testing, we're coming up on the testing cycle, really. Uh, my test is March. You know, I did mine last year, I guess, but, you know, a lot of people that February, March, you know, time frame. And, you know, hopefully we're going to be, should, they told us December. Now they said January that the kits should be coming. So we should be okay. But if you are nervous about it, if you have deer that are sold and you need to be moving, you, you might want to look into it and you, you the fallback is you can do the skin test. Bummer about the skin test, running them through twice, you know. So um, the people I'm working with right now are the guys that tested in December, which I know a lot of the elk industry tests in December. I didn't realize we had many whitetail breeders that tested in December, but lo and behold, we do. Yeah. So because um, my phone is ringing, uh, I'm pushing for USDA to, you know, do the right thing and allow these guys, especially if it's in-state movement, there's a handful of states out there that require us to be in a TV program to in move state. within state. Sure. Silly. I don't know, understand why, but uh, a few states do. I think their state associations should I be working on that. think New York's one of those. New York, Wisconsin. Yep. Um, yeah, there's there's just a handful that do. So, um, But, you know, it's across state lines we have to all have TV. And in my mind, I would like to see them give a variance for that, if possible. This isn't our fault, you know. I would, I'm pushing for that harder than I'm pushing to say, oh, I'll just use the other test because the other test didn't work well. There's a reason that we went to the blood test, you know, and and I would like to see, I'm trying to hold the chem bio's feet to the fire more too, so that they can get off the stick and make sure this doesn't happen again, right. you know, and uh, get get the job done. That's the big deal. The market's there, you know, so, so we're working on it. It's a challenge, you know, for guys in the industry, you, you know, let's just say your date was December, right? And I think there's some sort of, you know, 30, 90 days. 90 days before, period, 90 days after. Yeah. But you, but if you're after, you're done. You can't sell. You just don't yeah. have, you, you just got to wait. But. You know, you would you would hope that USDA would look at that and say, we understand that the test is not available. We understand that you've been enrolled in this program. Right. Like, it's a, like, you're going to have to TB test, but, like, you can keep doing business. When the test comes available, we'll get you set That's up, where right? I'm pushing and it I because. that's reasonable. Especially the prevalence. Right now, the prevalence, you know, we haven't had TB and a whitetail in a lot of years. We had some in Michigan. Michigan's a little different story. Well, full disclosure, we said it right off the bat. You know, there is some TB in the wild deer sure. in Michigan, and we've had a little spillover in the farmed industry, uh, but it's very, very rare. Right. So the rest of the country has been TB free for many, many, many yep. years. So when, when you look at the risk level, risk what our tolerance should be, you know, I think there is room for, for fudge there. And with, with that said, you know, last year at our U.S. Animal Health Association, our big meeting we have every October where all the, the federal government, the state government agencies, uh, the industry all come together. I was successful in passing a resolution to try to, you know, and this goes back to the old guys in the room here, but historically we used to be able to just test an animal one time and moved it across state lines. And then when they found, and it goes back to that skin test not working so well, 
Then he wanted us to test an animal twice, 90 days apart. And then it was test the whole herd in that animal. I mean, so, um, and then finally we got a better test. Well, now my thought is we have a better test. Can't we go back to the individual animal? Because, you know, with I a mean, lot of sti co sti nice. yeah, the, the interstate commerce, a lot of closed states. I mean, it's not, there's not a lot like it used to be. Uh, that's why our numbers of testing are also coming down too. So I passed, I was successful in passing a resolution. USDA is looking at it, going to draft the language to let us maybe get back to a single test. Now, I'm not telling anybody drop your, your certification. I mean, this wouldn't be the accreditation. This would not be the year to do that, but I'm hopeful that that's coming and that uh, maybe in the future, you know, if you don't do a lot of interstate, across state line commerce, you know, maybe you're better off not maintaining your accreditation. Maybe you just do individual animals as needed, you know. What about what about extending the three-year time frame to five years? I've heard some discussion about that as well. The, the, you know, there's been a push within some people in the industry have always tried it. They always bring that to me. Uh, Canada, Canada does that. Okay. But Canada tests 100% mandatory. I see. 100% everybody in the nation. I just said... We test 22 to 26,000 sure. of the entire industry. Yep. That's a that's like less than 6% of gotcha. the animals. So we don't do enough surveillance, even though I say we haven't had a positive, but we haven't done much testing right. either. So, you know, it's when we look around the room, and these are probably the guys that are testing and moving, but the most, you know, the majority of the people out there in the industry that aren't coming to the top 30s, they're not testing. So. Right. To get to the five year, we'd have to have some type of slaughter surveillance or something. And they have explored, you know, is, it, is there a possibility of using our lymph nodes that we're submitting for CWD samples? Mm, I see. And, and they're looking, they're actually looking at that to have, help supplement this. If, and that might be a way maybe we can extend it out further. You yeah. know? Well, certainly the individual animal test would be a win. It'd be a win. It'd yep. be a huge win. Like we'd, we'd, we'd all embrace that. And I think from there, now I got a little leverage to say, you know, especially if people start dropping out of the program and say, well, you know what, maybe if you went from three to four, three to five, yeah. maybe we could, you know, get people to come back yeah, into the accreditation end of it. Increased participation. Right. Um, you know, you, you, you want to make commerce as easy as possible for people. And right. if you're running these programs, which are surveillance programs, you got to get the testing. Yeah. So you have to have some, some perks from that. So that's, that's my thing that's is I, I would always maintain my accreditation because when I get a call from the hunt ranch and he needs he wants an animal next week, or, you know, tomorrow, whatever, I'm ready to roll. I don't have to test. Right. I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to worry about getting a false positive before I ship an animal, whatever. So I would not, I would never let mine lapse. But at the same time, when you have a company like ChemBio that's got a monopoly on the market and they're not being responsive with the tests, well, sometimes you got to do what you got to do in life, yeah. you know. At least this would give a person an outlet to still be able to move their deer, yeah. you know. No, that's a good thing. So that's a big thing, but the you know long story of it is, we are working on it. Good. Trust me, we are behind uh, on the phone multiple times a day sometimes, and uh, you know, like I say, pushing, putting the pressure on because it's tough for USDA to put pressure on them vendors, right? But industry can, yep. you know, because this does affect us. So sure. as industry. I lean hard on, on the vendors. No, we appreciate that. Um, let's shift gears. Okay. I'd like to uh, slide right into CWD stuff. So um, you and I have talked about funding for CWD, mostly through cooperative agreement dollars. Yes. So I'd like to cover that. And then I'd like to talk about the USDA stakeholder kind of annual update um, from those projects and kind of get your overall sense of what that is. So if we can recap what the cooperative agreement dollars are just in a, a you know kind of short um brief synopsis of, of what that is and then we'll, we'll yeah we'll move so on. there's there's funding available through congress that 
guys like Josh, you know, and I went to Washington D.C. And, and lobbied for for many years, and and we've been increasing it. That's the neat thing is a lot of other projects seem like you know a lot of other things are getting defunded or cut back. You know, Congress is cutting things, and anyhow, uh, we've got increases every year. So, um, and the. It's a shared thing. I mean, we do share some with the wildlife agencies. Uh, they get for, because in, in all fairness, I guess, and if I look around, like most of our disease that we have in this industry, as I look at it, spill over from the wildlife. So, sure. so they definitely have a problem on their side of the fence that, you know, hey, if they can get some funding to help take care of that or maybe, you know, curb their problems, well, that'd be beneficial to us too. Yeah. But on our side of it, you know, we're getting, it's, Seven million, eight million going to be coming, or maybe eight million this year. I think last year was six to seven million, depends on the applications. Um, and they take some overhead off and all that, you know, government. But um, that money comes to the state as competitive, so I'm working on that because I'd like to see, like, the part for the the genetic testing. I'd like to see that non-competitive. I'd like to see that every year dollars, dollars, so that they don't have to compete. They're just there. Um, but there's a lot of neat projects, uh, purchasing deer of poor values, poor markers to, to you know, be replaced, um, stipends on, you know, to help buy semen or embryos of better genetics, you know, uh, more resistant, less susceptible genetics, however you want to say it. Um, neat projects like that, all the way to the paying herds to, to test their, every animal on the farm, test their breeding herd, test their fawn crop, whatever to see which what has the best genetics you know so the just just so we're clear the cooperative agreement dollars is funding that's available through grants to states states must be those, government agency yes. so basically the states are like i want to come up with a program for the farmers in that state to utilize right. these funds for some kind of cwd program if if you're not getting if you don't get a benefit, if you not, if your state isn't participating in this, if you don't know anything about this program, boy, please give me a call because your state needs a, a little encouragement or a bump or a push. So give me a call and I'll work with whoever for them to work with their state. I can help mediate between whatever, but we want every state to do this. And I know you're doing it, my state's doing it. Uh, each state has a little bit different program due to the number of herds in each state, number of animals. but. Um, for the most part, the, you know, they will pay for you to test your animals through NADAR to find out your, your GEBV, your breeding value, and your markers, your yep. code on markers. And your parentage. And the neat, that's the bonus on top of this all yes. is parentage is included in that test. So you're going to get your parentage done for free. Yep. You know? Yeah, it's really nice. Win-win. Uh, yeah, I, I, when I look at it. I look at our state and we, we were awarded $250,000 for our, our grant and you know that it averages out to about 3,000 tests so you know a good a good number of the breeders in the state can get parentage, GBV and the codon testing and yeah. like that's really valuable data as we're finding out right. not only in the marketplace but for the, the states to have some confidence in how their farms are approaching this CWD problem. So I think it's a great thing. I think that's big too, as we talk in the future going forward here, I've had, you know, we're at a national sale here, you know, and people from all over the country come to this. And, uh, you know, we gotta have commerce. It's tough to make, have an industry in a bubble, you know, you gotta have commerce. And, 
And there's, there are states, you know, hey, it's reality. I mean, it's been for many years. There are states that have closed the borders, you know, and, and states that, you know, the, against the industry, the, you know, the, the government agencies, state and health officials work close the borders. And, you know, this, I think, gives us a tool to maybe go to those states and leverage them to, to open it up at least again to resistant or less susceptible animals. I mean, let's start there, you know, and, and get, you know, the, the foot in the door type thing. So, yeah, and it's, it's being embraced by USDA as well. I mean, they're very confident in this, this genetic program. So uh, I think at the end of the day, you know, it, it gives us a tool to manage against the chronic wasting disease. Yeah, I think going forward, you'll see continued efforts by uh, USDA to try to encourage people to do this testing. And I, I personally think, and, and I'd like your comments on it, that the genomic analysis of these herds will be used in epidemiological um, investigations, herd plans to assess the risk of certain um, herds throughout the country. Do you think that's coming? Yeah, there's no, yeah, there's no doubt that? about that. I think that's going to be the big thing because, you know, and you know, you'll get some of the naysayers out, just some of the people that don't quite understand it that wonder, well, you know, we keep hearing you know, all this positive herd over here still had some, you know, animals of good values or whatever that were positive. Well, they weren't great values and they were submerged in, you know, a lot of disease. I mean, it's, it only, your immune system's only good for so long. It isn't, it isn't immunity, you know, and, but as, as we get to a point where, you know, you might have a positive, you know, in the future, and we come in here and we do some live tests and we do the genetic testing and we screen out and we just take out the one or two bad apples and we let the rest of the herd continue on. It's mm -hmm. what the sheep industry does, you know, so pr proven track record, you know, proven program that worked. So I, I wholeheartedly think they're going to look at it. They're going to look at it with tracebacks, you know, uh, if, if, if and when that herd does have a positive and then they trace out who else they bought from or who they sold to and they go to those farms and and those guys you know those animals are of good values good this and that they look at say hey, they're standing alive and healthy they're released so yeah i think it's it's definitely gonna be looked at in the future good. you know um i want to touch on the nadifa conference that's coming up here in march 20th through the 23rd okay we're at a new venue give yes. us some details on it springfield illinois Illinois. Springfield, Springfield Illinois. Illinois. Uh, airport's right there, fly right in. Uh, they don't have my Delta flights, so I got to fly <laughs> into St. Louis. Close enough, though, I might just drive. That's the neat thing about it. How you far know, is St. Louis? St. Louis. Uh, yeah. A couple hours. From, oh, from St. Louis? Louis? From 80 miles. 80 miles. 80 miles. Gotcha. 80 miles. Uh, you can either take the interstate and haul butt, or you can take a nice, beautiful back roads along the river cruise and uh, avoid all traffic and everything else too. So I, I do it both ways, but um, you know, the neat thing about it, when you, you draw a, a, a circle around the industry, you know, you figure out who's, you know, look at these farm servant industry and I might be leaning more on, on the white tails and the fallow deer and, you know, but you know, the elk are a little more further west, it seems like the big elk guys. But when you draw the market, the members, the Nadifa members, and you draw a huge circle, Boy, that Springfield, Illinois is getting about as central as you can get. Mm -hmm. I know for you Pennsylvania guys and us North Dakota guys, we're probably on the yeah. outer fringes of that. Sure. Um, but it's still doable. Isn't, I mean, it, isn't North Dakota on the fringe of everything? <laughs> yes, it is. Yes. <laughs> we're awfully close to Canada. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, so it's, it's doable. So yeah. when you're wondering why Springfield, Illinois, well, 
I think in all fairness, it's it's not that far for anybody, and it's you know it's it's equal. It's easy to get to mm -hmm. every road. I mean, look at the arteries of interstates. They just they come together right there. Right. So very easy to access. That's what I'm excited about. How's the venue? So it's you know I don't want to say we're getting to be an older crowd, but you know the the French. I love French lick. You know, and but. Gosh, dang it, from my room to the event hall was almost a mile walk, you know, and now you take somebody that maybe hurt a toe or something or broke a leg or or got kids and, you know, getting the elderly, walking, I mean, that that's a long ways. Sure. This, this Crown Plaza is one huge building all up, you know, so it's it's not that long or wide, but yeah, it's, it's, it's sure high. Gotcha. I don't know how many stories it is, it's a lot. But you step off the elevator and take a left or take a right, and you're in the door. Zero walking, gotcha. you know? Uh, so neat, neat venue that way. We are pretty much going to be the only people there, you know? Uh, it's, you know, there's going to be another venue going on, you know? Yeah. It's going to be deer farmers. So, so that's kind of nice, yeah. you know. We're gonna own the place. What do you got? Uh, what do you got in store for us this year? Speakers. Yeah, I hate the. Events. You know, it's gonna be the broken record type thing, you know. But we'll get updates from all of them. You know, the, the chronic wasting disease. You know, and well, let's start off. Let's start off the beginning. The new deer farmer, new okay. deer farmer seminar. Josh has spoke at it many times. You know, that's still our foundation of this industry. That new guy coming in, new blood. You know, and. Um, so we start on Wednesday the new deer farmer seminar. If you're thinking of getting into the industry or if you've been in it the last two, three years, whatever, you've never been to one of these seminars, if you've only been to one seminar, some guys come three, four years in a row, um, consider being there that Wednesday. You know, and we'll cover all aspects from putting up your fence to, you know, handling your deer, darting your deer, breeding your deer, selling your deer, marketing your deer, so feeding your deer, um, the animal health end of it. You know, we, so we're trying to cover everything. and. And then roll into Tuesday or Thursday, uh, we'll cover the chronic wasting disease. We'll have uh, ARS, you know, Justin Greenlee, uh, Eric Kassman, um, Dr. Chris Seabury. Uh, you know, we're going to try to give a good update as uh, in progress as they where we're going, what have we found today, you know, where are we at. And then uh, the EHD Blue Tongue. Blue Tongue was tough on the industry this year. Mm -hmm. And there's I some confusion. That. People thought they're blaming the, the EHD, but if you got a deer that dies, you truly should be checking it out, especially if you have multiple deer that die. Yeah. You need to be submitting samples and finding out what is it. Sure. And not just EHD or Blue Tongue, but what strain of which one. Right. Because we have companies like Medgene Labs that's working hard for us to have vaccines available to counter this. So um, we're going to get an update on that. Uh, NADAR, North American Deer Registry, will be there as well. Antler got competition. Antler competition. Dart gun competition sponsored by uh, New Dart photo contest. Um, yeah, uh, auction. We're going to have a fundraiser auction Thursday and Friday evening. And then Friday evening early, I guess, starting it. Uh, we're going to have the Nadifa Spring sale, you know, and, and mm -hmm. That's um, a it's consignment auction gotcha. has done very well in the last couple of years. I mean, it's I've been really happy with it. We've kind of scaled it down. And uh, so we don't wear people out with sales. You know, we're at a sale today. I mean, sometimes the industry was getting sailed out for a little while, yeah. I think. Everybody had a sale. Where now we're kind of 
throttle in that back a little bit, and uh, and I think we're having a better event. So great. Um, um, where can people find more information about the specifics of the event? I think Nadifa.org would be a good place to start. Nadifa. You know, uh, Nadifa.org, N-A-D-E-F-A.org. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you go on there. It'll uh, you can find everything. Should be registration there. The works. You know. Yep. Uh, another quick plug here is we are doing our Nadifa directory. We haven't published a directory in a lot of years because it was the same thing over and over. You know, few change, few come on, whatever. But so basically, kind of, you know, we're going to print a new one, you know. So, and I know this day and age, it seems like a directory is kind of old school, but I still have a phone book in my house too, you know. And it, it sometimes it's just handy having that black and white one, you know. So, um, if you're in where I'm going with this, I guess is if you're not sure if your Nadifa membership's paid, you should probably call and renew, you know. And sure. you should maybe, if you're not getting the Nadifa Deer Farmer magazine four times a year, if you're not getting that, you're probably not a member, you know. You're probably expired. So. Um, you know, we're still catching up from the COVID years. Mm. It's amazing how many people paid their membership at Top 30, at Nadifa, at these sales that all of a sudden were gone. So there's some people out there that have missed a few things, few industry events, so they're not paid up. So if you haven't paid, I'd encourage you. Hey, if you, you want added, your information to get out there, you better call because it's yeah. getting printed here next couple you, weeks. Uh, you added a staff member in the office to help out with some some things. You want to yes, talk about that? Yes, Lisa Weisheimer. Yep. And... Uh, Weinsheimer, I apologize for butchering that, but uh, uh, yeah, I mean, we got, she's doing a phenomenal job of reaching out to the people for the advertising, for magazine articles, uh, memberships. You know, we, we we were pretty busy with this two two person staff trying to keep up with everything going on, you know, and I just don't have the time for it. So adding that third person in there has been just phenomenal, uh, getting out to the people, hopefully making the industry better, sure. re more re responsive reactor to the to the people. So gotcha. working yep. well. Great. Um, we appreciate you doing the work you do, coming on. Uh, if you want to find out more about Nadifa, nadefa.org. And with that, stay tuned for another episode of North American Deer Talk.